Today on The Breakdown, well, here we are, people. There's three left in the Super High Roller Bowl. That's the $300,000 buy-in event. And the three players left, to be clear, are Daniel Negreanu, Nick Petrangelo, and Andrew Lucky Chewy Lichtenberger. Yeah, they've already locked up over $1.1 million in winnings, but... Holy macaroni. Second place over $2 million. First place over $3 million. It's definitely worth, you know, trying to win, I guess. They shouldn't just, you know, like, light it up and get, it, get those chips in there and see what happens. It's not a time to gamble. It's a time to play well. But sometimes playing well is about gambling. And sometimes gambling is about playing well. All that and more, we have a viewer question, listener question. I don't know, a question from one of y'all, which we're going to answer. And, uh... You know, probably going to do a little diatribe on where does Negreanu, Negreanu, where does that Daniel Negreanu sit anyway in the uh, poker firmament these days, huh? Eh, what about that, huh? Huh? Negreanu <laughs> on the breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. <laughs> Trying out for NPR or something? That sounds like an NPR opening to me. Oh. Like, exactly. Really? Spot on NPR. That Negreanu stuff, especially. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything was just like, yeah. <laughs> There's one. I did, one time I did an opening, like, three years ago that was, like, a perfect This American Life opening. Like, a perfect Ira Glass opening. And I actually played it for one of my friends, and he was, like, freaked out at how... And it just, like... It just all came together that one time, you know? Well, I've tried it since and never been able to rub it. Sometimes it's not in the cads, you know? Yeah. Not Negreanu over there with his... With his hair, his new hair plugs. I don't <laughs> know. Yeah, what's that his beard. What's that related I'm to? I'm not sure. I'm just trying to think of things to say about Negreanu. We talked about this, by the way. Yeah. I, there's something we, we talked about on a podcast a month or so ago. This is a business. And in business settings, between y'all and folks, you're supposed to say folks. Huh. You said y'all. I did. Which is informal. Right. And disrespectful to the listeners who expect business savvy Jonathan Levy to say, okay, folks, it's time to gather around. <laughs> See, this is classic Grant. I'm not really paying attention to what the hell's going on, Denison. Oh, really? Rearing his head again. Yeah. I was doing a character, brah. And when I'm doing a character, of course, it's going to be more informal. Why is a character necessarily more oh, informal? Oh, the guy who's saying, Denny Granu over there, that so guy is going to say, folks? Was, was the character. That Christian Bale played in American Psycho interested in informality. <laughs> At times. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, Christian Bale was also quite something in The Mechanic. Did you ever see that movie? Uh, wasn't it The Machinist? Yes. <laughs> yeah, Jason Statham was in a movie called The Mechanic, actually. Yeah. Um, the Machinist. Yeah, did you see that? I didn't. I saw that he was really skinny. It's actually... I mean, I saw it once, and I really liked it the first time I saw it. But a lot of the movie really is just marveling at how insanely skinny he is. I remember seeing it, and this is before CGI got really good, but I was like, this has got to be like some sort of computer thing. No, I think doing. he went down to like 120 no, or something, He did. Right? He, he lost a dangerous amount of weight. He is crazy skinny in ways you sort of can't believe are, are possible, um, especially when he's a guy who's as filled out as he is normally. That's, a, that's commitment to a role. Yeah, um, it's possible he actually did real damage to himself, Oh yeah, by the way. Yeah, Tom Hanks has diabetes from gaining and losing weight for roles. Really? Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, they asked uh, Christian Bale how he lost all that weight, which was like well over 100 pounds in a pretty short period of time. I to think. like a dangerous, like starving level. Yeah, like you can see all his bones in everywhere. Yeah. Like it's weird, and he's with his shirt off all the time. He's skinnier than I've ever been, and I was like a really skinny kid. Um Oh, he's like starvation skin. Yeah, yeah. No, he yeah. looks like, I mean, not to put too fine a point on it, but he legitimately looks like he just came out of like Auschwitz, you know, like, like, a, like a concentration camp, like that level of skinny. It's really wild to see. Um, they asked him how he got so skinny, and he said, I just didn't eat. Just didn't eat. That must have taken an incredible willpower. I sort of can't imagine it because I know what it's like to be hungry, you know? Yeah. I've experienced that, and I'm doing that all the time. Maybe there's a point, though, where it just becomes almost like meditative. You just get used to it. Like, you know how when you work out, there's a certain level of discomfort, which doesn't feel great, but at some point, you just get used to the discomfort, and it's not as bad as it was in the beginning? Yeah, but it's like I... Yeah, when I'm doing an, any sort of exercise that uh, is 
something that I don't enjoy for a while, I try to convince myself like it's never going to end. Right. Like, this is my life now. Exactly. Just get used to it. Because if you start imagining an endpoint, that's the end of you, your mental stability during that exercise. But if you're doing this for months, it had to have taken months. Right. Well, this is the this is never going to end thing, right? I, I imagine it was like three months of essentially not eating yeah. anything. And um, you just have to just give yourself over to this new way of living fully. I don't know how else you do it. I mean, it's just awful. It sounds horrible. I mean, it is, it is a fairly extraordinary thing, and it makes the movie incredibly watchable, just seeing him like that. I think the movie was pretty good anyway, but like most of the movie is just marveling at how he looks, really. Huh. It's wild. Anyway, folks, it's time to gather around. Um, let's uh, everybody bring a pen and paper. Yeah. Uh, we have some important announcements, logistical announcements about, you know, the direction of the company. We'll get to those later. But first, first, we've got to talk about lunch. Uh, Donna, Donna, do you have it in the books? Okay. So the, the first one, it fell through. We, we had the sandwiches. I think it's going to be pasta now. It might be cold pasta. Is everybody okay with that? I, you know what? Voice your objections privately, okay? Okay, folks? All right. Um, I'll, be, I'll be over in the corner uh, discussing with the team. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll regroup, round up into your groups, and, uh, you know, let's start brainstorming, you know? So uh, we got an email <laughs> <laughs> from, uh, on Twitter. So I guess it was a direct message from uh, <laughs> the artist formerly known as Ospool Snack Pod uh, at Ospools. Ospools. Ospools Snack Pod. Yeah, that's what we're going with. And here's what they wrote. I'm just doing a hard left. Okay. <laughs> a real hard left. You're like my business you, really, you committed so much to it, there's nothing to do. Okay. There's nowhere to go. You've completely boxed me in on that. So I'm just All right. hard lefting. <laughs> okay, bit. that's fine. Um, he says this, or she, by the way, says this. Uh, hey, Grant and Jonathan. I'm a longtime fan and listener. I'm currently having a debate with some people whose opinions I don't trust about MTT slash bubble strategy. I said that if there's a short stack jam and multiple callers close to the bubble, it's usually correct for the callers to check down to showdown with non-nutty hands rather than bluffing or betting for thin value. The other people poo-pooed me with relatively little supporting evidence. It strikes me that this is one piece of poker wisdom. It benefits, quote, everyone for everyone else to know. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks for the show and all the info and education you've given me. Keep up all the good work. Uh, the only thing that I disagree with is that it necessarily benefits everyone. Because there are times when it benefits you as one of the other people in the pot. If somebody bets and like busts themselves, you know, and, and then more than one person busts if you're close to the bubble, you know, instead of on the bubble. Oh, you know? um, I actually kind of disagree with this. Interestingly enough, so we're saying there's a scenario where, let's say I've raised and there's multiple callers, including someone who's now all, a short stack who's all in. Yeah. And we're not on the exact bubble. By the way, even we're if not, we are, is it, it is said, it, he said close to the bubble, close or to she the bubble. or they said close to the bubble. Uh, multiple callers close to the bubble is the quote. Even if we're on the bubble, I wonder, I mean, it depends on how big the bubble is and how important it is. But like, aren't we supposed to be trying to win the tournament most of the time? Like if there's multiple callers, that means the pot is sizable and probably worth winning. Why okay. wouldn't we, well, like, can I you, guess it depends if it's a dry side pot or not. Can you, yeah, I assume it's a dry side pot. Uh, that really, of course, if it's a dry side pot, we should never of be bluffing. Of course it's a dry side pot. What are you talking about? Okay, but we can bet our non-nutted hands. Like, we have ace-king, we you flop re, an can ace. Can you reread the question a yes. little bit? Because it seems like you're misreading it. I said if there's a short stack jam and multiple callers close to the bubble, okay, there's a, there's a dry side, there's totally dry side pot. It's usually correct for the callers to check down to showdown with non-nutty hands rather than bluffing or betting for thin value. So let's say... Okay, so non-nutty hands, not non-nutted hands. It's different. How is that different? Nutted means like the nuts. And nutty means... Means pretty good. That's my, that's my interpretation. Okay. Um, but both of them are non... So not yeah. the nuts, and this person's saying not pretty good. Well, not pretty good, sure, I'll agree with that. Yeah. Oh, and a dry side, but of course. But if we have like a good top pair, we're th let's say there's, there's four of us total, yeah. we have ace-jack. Okay. The flop is ace-four, three, two diamonds, and it checks to us. We're just going to check and give everyone a free card? Why would we do that? We're, we're probably winning, we're probably knocking out the guy anyway. I think that's, that's okay to bet the flop on, not the river necessarily. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, we'd only bet once. I think once called, we'd have to improve to bet again. Yeah. Um, unless we're up against a very particular opponent, of course. Once called, we're done. Yeah. I mean, you know, some people are going to call with any ace there and not realize that we, we have a pretty tight range. I think you're working hard to interpret this question yeah. correctly. Like, I don't think I'm I, working hard. I'm going to disagree with you a little bit there. You're saying that that's, that doesn't fall into the non-nutty yeah. category. Okay. I mean, like, I think... 
I I agree with what yeah uh, Ospool Snack Pod is saying here. Like I'm glad you said it, the name for the sake Ospo- of Ospol. Like Ospo. let's think about where this is coming from. This okay. is coming from a debate with people who probably are bad. Yeah. At, okay. Are bad okay. at poker. And right. They, so they're just like betting to bet, and, and they they think it's cool to bet for thin value, so they don't see a scenario. Like he said, thin or they said thin value. Thin, you should not oh, go. Yes. You should not go for fucking what? thin value or bluff. Listen to this. Yeah. Rather than bluffing, you should definitely not bluff into a dry side pat when someone's all in. Yeah. Especially near the bubble, but really ever. So yeah. I, so see, fair enough. This is I why agree I'm with saying that. Okay. you're working hard to like look at this in a certain way because yeah. all they said is you shouldn't bluff or go for thin value. Okay. Which I 100 percent. Yeah, agree I agree with. with that too. I agree with that yeah. too. There are some interesting spots where like you flop like the nut flush draw, where you could bet or you could check. Um, yeah. And if I think it depends on how much you care about the bubble <laughs> in that case as much as anything else. Because uh, I think mostly you sh- you're supposed to bet that. Um, yeah. You're semi-bluffing into a dry side pot. But ace high can win anyway. I mean, maybe can... in position. What, what, what if you, let's say yeah. the dry side pot is there. You're approaching the bubble. You have 40 blinds. And you're the first to act uh, post-flop. And you have ace 10 of, of diamonds yeah. on a four, five, seven, two diamond board. Yeah. And you bet. And somebody effectively shoves. Who has you covered? What yeah. Are you, what are you doing? Um, I oh, the, and the, the the pot it wasn't big before that. Ultimately, right? Like I mean, it was who like knows? twelve blinds or something. It might right? be more. It might be. Okay. It might be forty blinds because okay. you know. The I person. mean, I'm mostly folding. Yeah, I'm mostly folding because they have to have it, right? Yeah. Like they're not gonna. I don't. They shouldn't be doing that with the king high diamonds, right? No. They should, they're doing it with like straights and sets and shit like that. Yeah. Right? Um, unless they're awful. If they're awful, maybe we can call sometimes. Of course, um, I, see, I see your point with like nut, nutty yeah. draws, but but certainly to the point of the question. Yes. Okay. No, I agree with you. You shouldn't. I agree. You shouldn't be betting second pair for thin value on the oh river. Oh my god! Of course, forget about on the river anywhere. Really, yeah. like you should almost all. I I guess depending on how the board runs out, if if it's Ace King X X X and you've got King Queen and it's checked all the way down to the river and you're in position and it's only one other opponent, if it's multiple opponents, you should probably be checking anyway. You might be able to get value out of certain players who are very, Maybe, very stationary. But the question is multiple yes, opponents. No, of course. No, you're right. You're right. So, okay. yes, you are correct. Ospool Snack Pod. Yeah, yeah, you, you win. The people that you're talking to are wrong. You should never go for thin value in that spot. Of course, you should never bluff in that spot. And uh, as is evident in, in the statement, of course, they cannot elaborate on what they mean and why that you should do that. It seems like they just think they've seen people talking about thin value and think, Oh, thin value is cool in all scenarios and bluffing is cool in all scenarios. Yeah. You know, I, it's because I, I sort of really reacted to close to the bubble where I feel like I watch people get into check down stuff. Like when you're not even on the bubble and I'm like, what are you do? Why? But that's different. There's not a dry side pot. Um, no, even if there's someone, even if there's someone all in like, well, don't you're, don't you're check fun. down with the full house. Like. Well, like no, but I mean you can you can also, I mean I think if you're like five off the bubble, unless it's the fucking million dollar, if it's like effectively like a million dollar bubble relative to your situation anyway, it's like a really huge bubble and you really need it. Fine, but otherwise, like you should just play your hand and not worry about it. One hundred percent disagree. You should just play your hand like as if there isn't a dry side pot. No, of course, if there's no, of course. But I'm saying like the idea is a lot of times I feel like people get overly like collusion-y too early is what I'm saying. So like checking down ace-jack on like an ace-jack four, five, eight board is what you mean. Yeah. Uh, or even without the second jack, never putting in a bet with ace-jack when the only person, all they ever do is check to you. Just like check, 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 check. And you're checking in position, heads up, back. Of course you should bet that. Sure. People get a little bit too tight in some spots like that. Yeah. I agree with that. But and I, for the most part, of course you should not bluff or go for thin value. Of course not. Of course not. No, I agree with that. Okay. So okay, you, are, well, you are correct, Ospool. Yes, you are. Yeah. Your enemies are wrong, and they should not reach Valhalla upon their death. That's not how it works, just so you know. What, Valhalla is not about being right or wrong? No, it's about dying in battle. Oh, okay. And you have to be, you know, a god. I guess they might god. be more likely to die in battle if they want to bluff into a dry side pot. Yeah, because someone's going to get pissed. <laughs> <laughs> it is the worst when... Um, when someone does that, yeah. by the way. Speaking of that, actually, so we were um, playing on day two of the main event. This is like 2018 or whenever. Um, and so it's day two. So we're a day and a half away or something like that from, you know, the money. <laughs> and it goes something like, um, I raise, some other guy goes all in for like two blinds or one and a half blinds. Maybe even one blind. And I, you know, I had raised like two point whatever. Um, 
this other guy, maybe there are two callers, and the flop is like really good for me, even though I miss. But there is a bit of a side pot. There's a there's way more of a side. It ends up being so more of a side pot than the dry pot, like than the main pot by a significant amount. Okay, um, I remember that. They check to me. I see bet like on the ace high board as I would. Mm-hmm. They both fold. I win the pot. I have like king high or something. The other guy wins with two fives. Um, and the dude on my right cannot stop talking about how stupid I am. Ah. When I won, like, I, and I'm not going to say, and I remember at the time, maybe the guy even had like half a blind, the original dude who went all in, because the side pot was so big compared to the main pot. And I was just like, yeah, keep, keep on saying whatever you want. Well, I rake in this big pot that I absolutely not have won otherwise. Sounds well, good. I think this is two sides of the same coin, yeah. uh, which is that people learn principles without understanding them and then apply them universally when they don't need to be universally applied. This person that you're talking about has heard this thing about the dry side pot and doesn't understand that that's not a dry side pot. That's a wet side pot and it's worth winning. I mean, you know, you've heard lots of people say like, you know, anytime you have a chance to knock someone out, you have to check it down. It's like, that's not true. No, it's not. Like, especially when there's like 3000 people left to eliminate before you get to the money. Like, You don't care if someone gets eliminated right now. It's meaningless if the guy... By the way, that guy who would have been eliminated had I not bluffed ended up squeezing his way all the way to the money. I saw him late day three, and he was still alive and did make the money. Wow. So he's like, thank God you bluffed that time, man. You made me like thousands of dollars. <laughs> That's I'm pretty like, sweet. You're welcome, dude. Yeah. Uh, I didn't do it for you, but you're welcome. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, that's a different scenario. Yes. But yeah, the fact that people struggle to delineate those things. This is, is part of why poker is so profitable yes. for, for those among us who it's profitable for. That's correct. It's because people, even those who try to understand, sometimes do this type of thing where they do this universal application of a principle that they heard somebody better than them talk about once. Well, I mean, I think you said it really well when you said it's like, it's not actually understanding. It's, it's like you learn something, but you don't understand it, yeah. right? So if you can't apply it to general situations, you don't have true understanding, and then you're going to fuck it up. And that's that. actually Howard Gardner, who was a... Um, professor of education at Harvard and had uh, wrote the book Multiple Intelligences defined understanding exactly that way. Hmm. And he felt like that's how you show actual knowledge, basically. Or everything else is like, cool, you learned a little trick you can, you can do, but if you know when, when to apply it, it's basically useless. Sure. Of so, course. Same thing. Yeah. So it's better to know fewer things and know them really fully than to know lots of things but not really understand them. Yeah. He didn't say that. I'm saying it. But I'm saying it. I agree with that. And that's certainly true for poker. My God. Know four things well. Don't know 20 things not well. I mean, it's really, it, it might just have to do with the type of mind people have. They might be yeah. unable to apply it in a game situation. Um, yeah, but a lot of people clearly don't understand stuff either. Yes. It's both of those things, right? It can be in, you know, those are different things. If you, if you, if you struggle to apply things in a game situation, you usually just have to do more work off the felt. Sure. You know, like study, think about it. Really try maybe do intentions ahead of time. I often feel like I play way better when I have intentions before I start playing. And I notice when I make bad plays, it's usually because I didn't like give myself an intention ahead of time. You know, like I'm more apt to make a bad play because I don't like have an intention of like, okay, there's a big bet. Take your time. Think about it. Don't just throw the chip in because it seems like you're probably okay. Like really go slowly. You have all the time in the world. And I like make an intention like that. And then I I play clearly, I clearly play better. I watch myself play better. So Is that, isn't that what, like, the Daniel Negreanu Clear University or whatever the thing was called? What was that? Going the Clear? The Choice Center? Oh, the Choice Center. Not Going Clear. That's, that's Mormonism. Yeah. Uh, the Choice Center. That's Scientology. Scientology, yeah. The Choice Center. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What about it? it was, that was all about intention. Oh, I don't even know. Yeah. Remember there was a little while, though, him and Antonio. No one mentions the Choice Center anymore. Yeah, what happened to the Choice Center? The Choice Center. I don't know. What did they do? What did they... I'll see that documentary. It could, it could be bad. Who knows? It's probably not great. Speaking, but, speaking of which, yeah. this was suggested by Mark Testat. Mark Testat! From, from Australia? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Perfect accent, as he knows. Shout out to Bobby. Yeah, like yeah Mark. I know now. <laughs> Other side of the globe. <laughs> 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 we are so good at doing Australian accents. You know... Um, we should be in a Foster's commercial. We were commercial. just talking about you and me uh, and like acting and stuff just before this and like, you know, being in commercials and stuff. And I don't know why. I mean, how have we not been headhunted yeah. based on just these accents alone? Does anybody need us to be like a, a Crocodile Dundee type Watch in a this. commercial? Watch this. Grant, give me three distinctive accents, rapid fire. I'll go boom, boom, boom. I'll nail them. Watch. Uh, Brazilian. <laughs> Canadian. <laughs> uh, North Pole. <laughs> 
See? I, that seems right. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Joke, joke officially running to the ground. Yeah, it's dead. But it was fun to do it. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm, I have no regrets in my life. Good. Mark Testart suggested this right. on, on Discord. Not. There's a link to our Discord uh, invite in the description of this podcast. Come and join us. Please. Please You do. can also suggest on Twitter. We're okay. on Twitter and Discord and the internet. We're on the internet. We're just on it. Yeah. We exist... On the internet, but do we exist in real life is the question that many of you have. Probably a lot of people literally say to their spouse or their um, significant other or even just family. Or to God. Are they corporeal? Right. Or are they... You're really into the corporeal thing. Non-corporeal, I know. You love corporeal right now. Well, you just talked about existing in the physical space. It was... You teed me up there, buddy. It's your word of the the I I wrote on Discord um, yesterday, corporealize, um, without looking it up, and I've never heard it before, and I was like... It should mean this. And then I looked it up and it did. It's a real word and it did mean just what I thought it was. And I was like, all right. Hey, congrats. You know, yeah. you, you got one through. I know, right? <laughs> sometimes <laughs> sometimes they fold. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right, let's get to There's it. There's three left in this monster. Woo! Millions of dollars. 300K buy-in. Yeah. How many butts entered this thing? How many butts? Yeah, people say. I guess it's ch- the same answer. Yeah. Um, either way, 24 butts. Only 24. Remember in the day when they had to, um, they were like, they it was limited 48 the amount. Cap, yeah. yeah. And uh, now only 24 people. And that was one, uh, even one of those was the 500K buy in the Brian Rest one. They used to do 500K. Wow. Yeah, that's right. They, they brought it back down yeah. to 300K. Still so 7.2 million in the prize pool. Four people get paid. Justin Bonomo went out fourth. He's only won two or three of these things. <laughs> He's won at least one. That's for sure. I think he might have won two. That's so good. Anyway, the remaining players are Petrangelo, Negranu, and Lucky Chewy. Yep. Three players who have been at the top of their game for a very long time, Negranu especially as far as longevity, but the other two, like, it's been over a decade for Lucky Chewy. Yeah. And Petrangelo has been on the high roller scene for at least six or seven years at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's about right what you're saying. Chewy's been around for so long. Yeah. He's still looking, he's still got that youthful look. I mean, he was, he was on Two Months, Two Million. You remember that show? I never watched it. Yeah, he wasn't actually one of the featured guys, but uh, he was like friends with them. Um, but that that show came out in like 2008 or something, right? Yeah. For those of you who don't know it, it's like from the Poker Boom era, like the thing that you, it's like a not that great show, but you really wanted to watch it if you were into poker in the Poker oh, yeah. Boom era because it's like, holy shit, this is cool. It was like they, four guys, Donnie Stern was, turned out to be the best player among them. I don't remember who the other guys were. I actually knew one of the guys on there, Emil. Emil, yeah. Emil, yeah. I remember him. I don't remember his last name. All I can think of I, is I Hirsch. Think, I think I know, I know what it is, but I don't want to say it and be wrong and offend anyone, so I'm just going to keep it to myself. All right. There were four guys, and they were all online pros, mm-hmm. right? And they decided, for whatever reason, I guess for the sake of the show, to to rent a mansion in Las Vegas and have a, a private chef and stuff and just grind out for two months during the World Series and like sometimes play live, but mostly just play online in this giant mansion to try to win a collective $2 million. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a documentary series about that. And Lucky Chewy is like a side character. He's in it, he's in it sometimes. Right. He's a very young man. I mean, it's it's a little bit less documentary, a little more reality show. And I know yeah, this because that's both true. Emil told me about this and also, I don't know Emil very well, to be clear. And um, I also knew one of the producers um, pretty well, actually. And she was telling me also how they would like have to get like women at pools to like go up to these guys and the things they would have to do to get the women to go up because they were trying to get any kind of romance in there. And they, you know, and like, they did a thing where they're playing Viffer at one point. That's like the most famous oh, I know. thing. Yeah, I know about and this. And that was like cut in a very particular way to make Viffer look way worse than apparently it really was. Well, and it was like one of the players claimed to have a timing tell on Viffer right. for online, and that's how he beat Viffer for some amount yeah. of money that was meaningful. And it, apparently and it turned was, out it wasn't true. It just wasn't true. Yeah. So like, yeah, a little more reality show, a little less documentary. Right. But back in 2008 or whenever it came out, and I, I was like hungry for this poker content this poker boom i'm a young poker player like it was very exciting to watch even though oh really it was, was it? dumb and bad but it was like something about poker i used to I'm, i had a tivo and i had a, a standard search for poker so any show that had poker in the title would like auto be recorded for me because i watched literally everything those poker point. boom years man those were the days Woo! they really were stupid uiag whatever they yeah. call it what, what was that? How, what are the acronyms on that thing? U E A G I. I don't know. Like that. The there, fucking, were four, there were four letters. The there were a lot of vowels. Sh- the shitty law that uh, all the poker U-G-I-A, players. U G I A, I think. Yeah, all the poker players hate the law. It's bad law. Uh, anyway, all right. three left. Super yep. Roller Bowl. Petrangelo, Negranu, and uh, Lucky Chewy. Right, Lucky Chewy, of course, which is his online name. It's not his real name right. for those who didn't know that. 
Um, 25 and 50 care of the blinds. Let's get to the hand. Okay. Petrangelo is 2.2 million. He's second in chips. Lucky Chewy is like 1.8 million. Negreanu is the chip leader. So Petrangelo with, uh, you know, 44 blinds. A second in chips. Opens king, queen off from the button to 110K. King of spades, queen of hearts. Not much to say here. Chewy folds the small blind. Negreanu has 3.2 million as the chip leader. In the big blind with king, 10 off. King of clubs, 10 of spades. He calls. Should he consider three betting? How deep is Chewy? Sorry, one point eight million or so. Okay, so he's got like a reasonable amount of chips. Like he's not thirty six. He's blinds. not in threat of busting the next hand right. that, that likely. He doesn't have eight blinds or anything like that. Yeah. If he had like eight blinds, I think Negrano probably should be looking to three bet a yeah. lot with hands like these, right? Just right like, against against the number two stack. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like just put huge pressure on Petrangelo all the time. Um, I mean, I guess Negrano can three bet this. My inclination is mostly to call with this hand. Um, like it's way good enough to call with for of sure. Course. Um, it's pro- we're probably supposed to turn it into a bluff once in a while, right? Yeah. Um, but it plays perfectly fine as a call, especially against the wide range Petrangelo is going to open with. Um, so we should probably three bet like, I don't know, I'm just making these numbers up, but like, you know, 30% of the time or something like that, 25% of the time. Sure. What was... Is that what you would do, or would you do something different? I think I would mostly call. Yeah, if, I mean, I might, I would strongly call here. But but to your point, if Chewy were shorter, I might three bet a lot of the time with yeah. anything that has an ace or a king in it. Just be like, all right, Nick, you want to do this? I mean, any ace, any king, maybe a lot of suited connectors. Just yeah. like just like, and then if Nick slows down, then and then he starts raising again, we can think he's a little more tight and a little more careful, and then we can do it with better hands. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Negreanu just calls. I mean, that's the standard play in most scenarios. It's just the pressure, the ICM pressure you can put on that leads us to the discussion that we yeah. had. Um, but he calls with King 10 off. The pot is 295K. Hey, do you like gut shots? Um, I mean, I don't like getting shot in the gut. How about double gutters? I don't have gutters in my house. It's an, it's an apartment building. It's an right. Apartment. It's Good like- point. Anyway, Negreanu flops a double gutter. Oh. On the Jack 9-7 rainbow board, Petrangelo, yeah. of course, flops just the normal... One time gutter. And the two with, overs. With King Queen. Yeah. yeah. King Queen against King Ten on the Jack nine seven. Pretty great flop for King Ten. Mm-hmm. Any queen, any eight makes a great hand. Granu is gonna check. Now I'm thinking like maybe the ICM pressure is worth leading with this hand. Like we don't have great showdown value. I mean, we can check raise. We can check raise, but this is a board that I don't know if Petrangelo is going to bet too frequently with like ace four. You know, he's not going to have a lot of complete random yes, air. That's true. But he may have a lot of bet folds anyway because the like, ICM situation, even like though ace, there's like ace eight type hands. Yeah. Or even like if he has a nine and he bets and he gets raised, I could see him just being like, I mean, can I just find a better spot here? Like we're not that deep. Do I really want to play a huge pot? Like, I mean, he really like, might check back a nine for that yeah, reason. That's right. Which leads me back to my yeah. idea. Yeah. Like, I don't so just, hate just leading for 175K and a 295 here yeah. when we flop this well and the ICM pressure is so intense. I mean, that's interesting. If we're going to do that, we need to have a lot of other leads, too, because this is a pretty good hand to lead with, right? Um, sure. I mean, we can lead pretty much any top pair, pretty much any top pair that has anything else going on. Maybe we don't lead our jack six suiteds and less, but like jack eight plus either has a gut shot or is a good jack. Against a guy like Nick Percentage, we need to lead with some air also because we need to have some folds, and none of those hands are folds. Maybe we could have something like four or five of hearts or something like that. Something with at least a backdoor flush draw in case. Maybe even like five, six of hearts. So we have like a bad gutter. Yeah. I'm like, even if we make it, we don't love it, but like... I think you're maybe, once again, being a little bit too concerned with balance. Against Nick Petrangelo when you're in this spot? This particular spot, the ICM pressure spot, I don't know if we need to Mm. find all of the balance in the ICM pressure spot. So you think if we lead, we should have no folds? Nothing that we would fold? No, I think we can have some folds. I think I want little better hands that are airish, though. Oh, okay. Like, you know, ace-eight of suit that's on the board type of thing. The problem with that, I mean, I hear that. The problem with that is, like, we may have the best hand with ace-eight, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's not a but if huge he, problem. But if but... he raises in this spot, I think it's pretty comfortable to yeah. fold. Oh, I, for sure. Yeah. For sure we would fold that. Yeah. Just that's why I was saying like five sixes maybe. Maybe that's the wrong hand to do it. Maybe it's like a bad 10, a suited 10 or something, like a 10-4 suited sure. or something like that. So we have the gutter. Something where if we get called, at least we have a safety valve. Right. And we block the nuts, which is good. And we block the main draw, which is good. Um, 
And if we make our gut shot, it isn't like, oh, if he has a 10, we're fucked and we have to put in a lot of money. Yeah. yeah so that's. I mean, it's a scary board. I just like leading in this spot because of the okay. ICM pressure. Okay. I, I think it's a good thing to think about anyway, because again, we just don't see many leads in the world. Yeah. You know, we just don't see it. Speaking of the, the ICM wild. pressure, Negrano does check. Petrangelo checks back. Yeah. Now, you, would, you could say, like, well, that could be a board-based check, but really, the no. ranges run pretty close together, Button versus Big Blind here. Negrano might have a little bit more random stuff in his, his hand than I mean, Petrangelo. Nick has got Jack-Jack and 9-9, nine, nine, and Negrano mostly doesn't, right? Yeah. I mean, Negrano doesn't have Jack-Jack, and he probably doesn't have 9-9 nine, nine or 7-7. Right. Seven, seven and they both have all of the different combos of double-gutters and open-enders and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and so, two-pair even, mostly. So there's no clear range advantage for the... Colorado, the big blind, and Negrano. Negrano's got some of the two pairs that Petrangelo doesn't have, right? Some of the offsuit two pairs. That's it. Jack seven offsuit. Stuff like nine, that. Seven nine offsuit. seven offsuit. Yeah. But but Petrangelo's got the sets that Negrano doesn't yeah. have in the over pairs. So you know. All right. So this check back is probably not board based. Right. It's more based on ICM. I think so. Because like this is a board that Negrano might have a fair amount of check raises on. Why fuck around when we have a hand that can really improve in a significant way on the turn, making a good top pair or the nuts. It may be also hard if we make the nuts as Petrangelo on the turn. So if that 10 from heaven comes in. The heaven 10. Uh, the have 10. It may be harder for Negrano to really give us credit for king-queen because we check this, right? Where like in a normal... Now, Negrano may have like thought all this stuff out and knows these guys well enough and it's not an issue. But like in a normal spot, of course, we would bet this, right? Like if we're not in any of this kind of a thing, we're yeah. normally somewhat deep at all. Of course, we're going to bet king-queen here. So it may be a little harder to give, give us king-queen even if we get there. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. So it's a little added slight bonus, just a slight one, Grant. I like me those, those bonuses that, you know, just are around the edge of life. You it's like know? a bonus berry. It's like a bonus Like you, you, you bought a pack of blackberries. Yeah. And you're like, I bet there's like 17 blackberries in this thing. Yeah. And then you find out there's 18. There's like an 18th. And you're like, cool. I have a friend who like um, needs a phone and... I'll just give him this. Right, right, right. Because that's, what, that's the kind of Blackberry I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah the Blackberry phone, it's obviously. A dead technology. Nobody cares anymore. Nobody does. It really went poorly for them. Anyway. It was so good for a while, though. No, they were crushed it. Yeah. And then they got screwed. Steve Jobs came along, it's and he's like... Kind of true. I'm going to pretend I'm dead. <laughs> like, you know, so- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't think about that. Everybody knows Steve Jobs is not dead. I mean, most people do. Or the Queen. Like... They're they're having the greatest time <laughs> yeah. in like Bahamas. Yeah, bro. they're like, ah, those idiots. They think we're dead. Pass me another barkeep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what's going on exactly. Yeah, uh, what's that was my going English on? accent, to be clear. For any for any acting headhunters out there. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, thank you. I want to just say that was good. Yeah, just like you'll say that when you sign up for Nitro betting. What? You'll be like, ah, that was good. I'm glad I did that because I got all the promos. So you, you turn into, like, almost Italian? Is that what happens? Uh, that was a good, uh, like that. You're not allowed to do that. Oh. You're not any Italian. That was good. Uh, no, you're not allowed that? to do it. No, I'm talking about cheese, the Gouda cheese. Someone's like, what was that? I'm like, that was good. Uh, I can do I it. I can say that. I'm only Because you're, allowed. like, one-eighth Italian? I'm 25%. Really? Yeah. You wouldn't know it. Is that a compliment or a put-down, though, Grant? The fact that you asked that... <laughs> Is offensive <laughs> to me and my to people. To whom? To whom? <laughs> Italians. To you and your people, though. Is, is your people other people who are also a quarter Italian? <laughs> because there aren't that yeah. many of you. There are some. I There's guess. quite a few of us. I mean, how would you know? Is there a we club? Have, we have a club. <laughs> Do you have meetings? Yeah, the quarter club. <laughs> wow. And it's only for a quarter Italian, though, not quarter for anything, right? No, of course. Yeah, because you can't do that. <laughs> no, yeah, that, would be, that would be ridiculous. <laughs> No, we're getting a pool. What, we're gonna get a pool table soon. What we're pooling our money. We're getting our money together. What do you guys talk about in the quarter? Uh, mostly just you know TV shows and you know what's going on in the world. Yeah, yeah politics. <laughs> yeah, we're just pretty much. We have no real cultural mm. identity. We're just kind of just you know. That sounds about right. A bunch of people who are hanging out. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, back to the ad, Grant. Yeah, go for it. Um, hey, Nitro Betting. Sign up using the link. You get access to all the awesome stuff, including. Poker Guys Tournament, awesome free rolls, March Madness stuff, usually NFL Survivor stuff, sometimes fantasy stuff, sometimes other stuff. It never ends, it seems. It may end at some point, but it currently never ends. (laughs) And also there's sports betting, there's casino games, there's all the things you want in your life that will lead to the happiness that you dream about but don't currently have. That's so. Yeah, I mean... Use the link. I could see why you would want to click the link if that's <laughs> if that's the pitch. I mean, Nitro or anyone else, feel free to use that. I mean, 
pay us, but feel free to use that. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. The happiness you dream about. I mean, you have. Not, not to get too far afield here, and I'm Uh-oh. definitely getting too far afield here, <laughs> but you basically just did the pitch of every religion. Anyway, moving wow. along. You, we, yeah, you did it. Yeah. You went too far afield. <laughs> <laughs> well, it happened, and, yeah. uh, and now we're going to keep doing poker. Okay. Um, so 295K in the pot. The flop is Jack of Spades, Nine of Hearts, Seven of Diamonds, Negrano flop double gutted with King 10. Petrangelo has two overs and uh, gut shot with King Queen. No flush draws out there. The turn is the Queen of Diamonds. It's a second diamond, but more importantly, it makes Negrano the nut straight and Petrangelo a good top pair. I mean, that's a bad card for Nikki P. Well said. That's why you are one of the poker guys. Mm-hmm. You figured that one out. Yep. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. All right. What's your plan as Negrano? How do you maximize value? That's a good question. So when Nick checks back the flop, he has a lot of one pair slash showdownable hands, right? He has a lot of nines. He has a lot of sevens. He has pocket eights. He might have pocket tens sometimes. Uh, Stuff like that, right? Sure. Uh, This queen is a card he would often check with all those hands, unless he made a good two pair or something like that. But um, like I think he has a lot of checks. If he has ace nine, he's probably not betting again. But he would call if we bet, I think. Yeah. I think we should clearly bet. Okay. Also, we have a straight. As you always used to say in the old days, we don't block anything with the straight. It's wonderful. We should, we should play our straights we block We block straight draws and straights. Well, yeah, obviously. But we don't block the, the other made hands. Yeah, we don't block the, the pair type hands. Yeah, pair, two pair sets type stuff. How much do you want to bet into 295? Okay, and it brings a second diamond... Um, I think we should do your typical sizing up on the turn kind of a thing that we see. So like 70% of the pot or something. Okay. And um, what is your sizing based on the types of hands that you're trying to get value from? Like if we have an overall intention mm. as, as we do from the choice center days, <laughs> um, like are we going to hope that he has a queen and try to get this the most possible value or are we going to try to include a lot of hands in his range in the calling range and try to get eke out little extra mar- marginal value? I think on the turn, Nick isn't folding a pair if we size it up anyway. As long as it isn't too big. As long as it doesn't go insanely big. I think he's going to fold hands like 5-7 suited. He might fold 5-7 suited. That's fair. But if he has ace-nine, let's think of it. Let's let's do like the nines. Okay. I think if we bet two-thirds of the pot, he's calling with a nine. Most of the time, yeah. Yeah. And if he has a queen, great. We can get even more value on the river. But turns out he does. This is a good opportunity for us. But... um, but I think he's just he, Nick just can't check back this flop and then fold when another overcard comes and we lead. He just can't do it. Like we can easily have a ten and be open ended here, right, and be leading it ourselves or diamonds yeah. or whatever else we have. Yeah. You know, we could just be taking a shot. Yeah. Although we're probably not taking too many shots, honestly, as Negrano right here. I don't think we're taking a shot with four, five of spades. No, I don't think we are either. Because um, again, Nicky usually has something when he checks back. Not always, but a fair amount of the time he's going to have yeah. a showdownable hand that that can call at least one bet. Right. Yeah. So I think. We should assume he can call at least one bet, and let's let's bet to a reasonable size, get some value, and uh, you know, hope he improves on the turn All right. on the river. That's or, what uh, some other part of his life. That's what Negrano does. He bets one seventy five and a two ninety five. It's so like a little less than what I was saying. Yeah, it's yeah, like fifty five percent. Yeah, it's smallish. Yeah, it's but even more callable for a nine. When stacks are shorter on average, bets tend to be smaller. Yep, as related to the pot on average. So. Sure. I mean, he's betting three and a half blinds, though. It's very callable. And of course, with King Queen, there is nothing to do but call. Oh my God! Raising would be absurd. No, no reasonable good player these days raises. I think that's no, probably not fair to say. That's no, probably not fair to say. No mammal that can survive the winter <laughs> raises. Yeah, that's that's th- what I just said can't be true. But um, but very few really good players raise there. How about yeah, that? maybe there's some sort of Bryn Kenny magic that could happen. Michael you know? Adamo magic once yeah. in a while. That's, those guys sometimes can turn water into wine with that stuff. But almost all the good players. Um, are just going to call here. And that's what Nick does. Yep. And I definitely would do the same. Oh, my God. It wouldn't occur to me to do anything else. You're like, I can think of so many hands I'm losing to. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so many hands. Queen nine, queen jack, queen seven, the straight, two pair. There's multiple type combo types of straights, by the way. Like eight, ten is also a straight. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So now there's 645K in the pot. Mm-hmm. You want an unfair river? Sure. Is that what you want, Jonathan? I, I would love an unfair it's river. It's the queen man. of spades. Ooh. The diamonds miss. Yeah. And the queens trip up for Petrangelo, and Negrano still has the straight. Yeah. How worried should Negrano be about a full house? I think that's the first question. Oh, that's a really interesting question. Well, the only full houses 
Nikki P can really have her queen nine. Well, this maybe isn't true, actually, as I say this. I was going to say queen nine and queen jack. If Nikki's checking back this board, maybe once in a while he's checking back a set on this board. Yeah. I wouldn't think that often, but sometimes. He probably also has queen seven suited. Queen seven suited, and, but maybe he's checking back seven seven once in a while. I yeah. think he's mostly betting that, but sometimes he's probably checking. And if he's, he's probably checking back nine nine a tiny bit or jack jack a tiny bit too, right? Just to have some balance. There. I would I would imagine. So, yeah. Uh, so we you know we're not going to love it if we bet and get raised. I don't know if we can actually fold, but we're really not going to love it. We probably can't fold because what if Nick has like ace queen is going for value? I don't know. It depends on how much we bet. You know, all these things matter. Like sizing is really going to help us here. I think we should, my, my thought is we should hope that Nick has a queen. Yep. And bet big. Right. And if and he raises us. We can maybe fold if he raises us. I think we can. If we bet like 700 to 645 and he raises us, I think we can fold. Right. Now, and how can he fold if he has a queen? If we bet can. 700. I don't, think, I don't think he can. And this is really important. So um, if we're up against a different player than, than uh, Nikki here, Nikki P., and I'm going to name a player, Brian Rast, okay. who I've seen in this exact situation with trips three-handed in the super high roller bowl, raise here with just the trips, not even with a great kicker. He had queen seven on a 7-7-XXX board. And by the way, Scott Siever did have the straight. Yeah. So it was the same thing. Scott Siever bet for value and um, Rast raised. And Siever almost folded like five different times over the course of like two and a half minutes before he finally puts in the call. Sure, he's beat. And so, it's, it's, so it depends on who you're up against. Right? Sure. But... I got to believe Petrangelo is never going to raise if we bet big. If we bet small, he might raise trip queens. But if, if we bet big, he's never doing it. Unless he's trying have, to f- like rep a full house and fold out a straight, which sounds absurd. I don't know why he would do that yeah. if he's got trip queens. It's just good enough yeah. to call with. Right. So, yeah, I think I, I, like, I immediately just like betting pot or slightly more than pot to try, try to maximize value from a queen. I don't care about getting two more blinds out of a jack or a nine. Right. I like, like that. Like, let's just go for it for yeah. real here. The pot is 645. There's 13 blinds in there. Yeah, we can bet 11 blinds. We can bet 550,000. If he's got a queen, he may think for a long time, but it would be pretty extraordinary to actually fold. Yeah. Right? He's just forced to call. That's got to be the play, right? I think so. Negrano checks. Wow. So why is Negrano checking? He's trying to get value. Out. He's trying to get ace 10 to bluff? He's trying to get Petrangelo to bluff. He's thinking Petrangelo will bet his queen anyway. That's true. Um, he will. But are you going to raise if Petrangelo bets? I mean, we're going to see how much Petrangelo... If Petrangelo, be, Petrangelo bets pot, I think we're just calling. Yeah. Right? If Petrangelo bets tiny, then we should raise. Um, yeah, like, the only reason for Petrangelo to um, turn, like, ace-10 into a bluff is if he thinks, like, Negrano's checking because Negrano flopped two pair, and now he's been counterfeited. Yeah. And, but, you know, like... I don't like this. I, I, I would much rather just bet big. I do like the idea. If we're trying to get paid off, let's think about this a little more, though. If we're trying to get called by a queen, specifically with our big bet, then a check is fine because the queen is going to bet. Yeah, but we don't know what size. True. But now we also capture some value some, from some potential bluffs, if there are any bluffs to be had. I mean, what's he going to bluff with? He, it's like ace-10 only. And it looks like Negrano has a jack or a nine, and he's a known calling station. He is a massive calling station. Uh that's for sure. <laughs> so that's a good point. Um, it's a very surprising line for, for Negrano to check here. We know if we check it, we knowing what Nick has, he's going to have to bet, right? Yeah. And, and I guess we'll see how he sizes it and figure out what Negrano should do. But uh, this is interesting, too, because now he's letting Nick decide the size of the bet, right? Yeah. Which we often think is problematic when you've got a strong hand in these spots. Mm-hmm where we don't want to let him get away with something where if he bets half pot or 40% of the pot and we raise and he finds a fold now, like we could have just bet almost the whole pot and get, gotten called by those yeah. trip queens, right? Yeah. Will Nick actually fold trip queens if we raise? I don't know. I guess it depends on what the size is and what happens and, if, and all that. Yep. If, all right. we, if we even get to raise. So Negrano checks. Okay. It's an interesting line, and it does protect his fucking checking range. It sure does. Sure. All right. Of course, Nick has to bet for value with a queen. He has to. How do you want to size it? What are we targeting? We're targeting not a queen. Now we think Negrano never has trip queens. Negrano has... Ideally a jack. A jack. Yeah, what is now a jack. Maybe it was jack seven or jack nine and is now a jack. Yeah. Because I don't even know if Negrano's betting a jack on the turn. Maybe jack 10. Maybe jack 10. That's true. Or nine, 10, maybe. Yeah. Just to like... Sometimes win, sometimes build a pot. Yeah. Set your price. Right. Whatever. Um, So we should size it to get called by a jack or a nine. It seems pretty clear, right? 
And yeah. really a jack. We should just target this. So jack like three fifty ish is what I'm feeling into six forty five. Three fifty ish is probably fine. I might go slightly lower. I might even go three hundred. It's weird because you don't want if it looks so callable. Yeah, <laughs> a jack may be like, "What the hell's going on? Why aren't you trying to get me to fold, man?" You know. Yeah. But also, then there's the folks who are math sensitive and are just going to be like, "Well, I'm getting a great price, so of course I called my mm-hmm. jack." You know, and that's a fair response too. I'm not sure which way Negrano goes with that kind of stuff me neither. these days. Um, I think three hundred's fine. I think three fifty's fine. I think you could go as low as two fifty and be okay there. Yeah. Like, if you think you can maybe get called by some nines also with the 250 bet, that's fine. Okay. Something like that. Petrangelo, Again, isn't the really going to bet a nine except 910? I don't know. Petrangelo bets 180. He's like, you just have to call with everything, Mr. Calling Station. You got a seven you have to call. You have 710 you have to call. Well, it looks a little... Call. Yeah, and what it does is it makes it look like Petrangelo is going for thin value, sort yes. of. Well, it looks like he has a jack or something. He's or, like ace jack. Yeah. King jack. Yeah. He's not, he doesn't have to have ace jack. He can have king jack and do this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Maybe even Jack 10 once in a while. Maybe. So now that Petrangelo has chosen this size, Negrano kind of has to raise. Yeah. I and, think just, and just pray he doesn't get three bet. Because that could be what's happening sometimes. Petrangelo could be trying yeah. to get raised so he can three bet with a full house. That is true. Mostly, though, when these guys bet this size, they have what it looks like they have. You know, they're in that part of their range. Well, almost he, always. Petrangelo is not. He, he's got it's true. a better hand than he's repping with this size. He's like... Clearly, Petrangelo is doing a bunch of things here. He's trying to get called by any pair, but maybe he's also trying to induce. Yeah. He's like, look how weak I am. Come and get it, son. You know, something like that. All right. So Negrano has to race. Yeah. How do you want to size it? Okay. Well, when we raise, we're trying to... We're really only targeting now trip queens to call us, right? I guess there could be some crazy hero call. A jack might decide the hero sometimes. But mostly we'll assume... We should target essentially the trip queens part of the range, yeah. right? That we want to call. It would suck, of course, to get re-raised here, but we can't worry about that right now. I yeah. think we'll like probably fold if we get re-raised. We're playing for suck. value right now. Yeah. We'll figure it out later if we get raised. So if Nikki made it 180, and so that puts uh, 825k in the pot. I think we should go like pot, like yep. 800. 750 was my first thought. Yeah, I feel 800 was my first thought. So there it is. It's like a pretty easy fold to a three bet. Yes. Oh, my God. Because, like, we can have Queen Jack, yeah. right? So we absolutely can have Queen, queen Jack. We checked the flop. We led the turn. We check-raised the river. Yeah. If he can find a raise here, and when we make a big raise, God bless him. Right. You know? So yeah. we got to maximize value against the, the trip queens that are slightly underrepped by their sizing on the river and are going to find it very hard to fold to, you know, any size that's not an all-in, basically. Yeah. I think the runner makes a mistake. He raises to 580. It feels too small. Is he trying to protect himself from the re-raise and not lose too many chips? Is that what's I mean, going on? that's maybe, but I don't like that. I mean, like, I would much rather get the extra value of 750 versus 580. And it's also a much more clear and obvious situation if we get three bet. Now, maybe it's obvious enough anyway if we get three bet, but still. Does he think Nick is too price sensitive and is going to fold all his jacks now, even his curious jacks? We shouldn't be too worried about the jacks. I agree. We should just try and get that. Sweet, sweet queen value. Yeah. I like 750 a lot better than I this. Think, I think I... I mean, I said 800, so I guess I agree with you. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I wanted Negrano to lead for, like, 700. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Yeah, I feel like he's missing value here, maybe. Can Petrangelo ever find a fold? Let's ask a second question. Can Petrangelo ever find... Should Petrangelo consider a race? No. Pretty easy. Because? Because why? We have a good enough hand that we don't need to. Well, we beat all the bluffs, so we beat any value. No. We beat no value. Is there any value that could raise us that could find a fold? Yeah. So should we consider a raise? I'm going to ask it a second time. No, because Negrano is completely uncapped. He is completely uncapped. We do block the queen jack. Sure. Which is a big deal. Having that queen in our hand is like a great blocker. Yeah. Um the only thing, I mean, what are we going to get called by if we raise? It's the same. Obviously, Queen Jack is never fucking folding. Um, I assume Queen Nine is going to feel like it has to call, and yeah. probably even Queen Seven, right? Yeah. They're just going to be like, like they're not going to like it, but they're going to call. Yes, right? they're going to call. Um, and Negrano especially, he doesn't like to fucking fold. Negrano is probably the wrong guy to target for this stuff. Although he might fold this hand, 
um, if we make it 1.6. But also, look what we're doing to our stack. We're basically setting our whole stack on fire if we're wrong. We don't need to do that. And I think you might be forgetting something, which is our initial sizing. Negreanu is probably yes. a little bluff heavier. That's right. Once we, when we make it 180. That's right. We, we, we threw the chum in the water. As we said, this was probably what Negreanu would have bet anyway, had he led anyway. So actually, Nick, you know, maybe has picked up bluffs that he wouldn't have gotten. Yeah. You know, by um by betting the small one and Negron was just gonna check. Gold. I think it's a pretty clear and obvious call. No, I mean I wouldn't really consider raising, but I think it's it's an interesting thing to think about, right? But because we size it one eighty, we can't consider folding either. Right. Like if we bet five hundred and Negron makes it one point five, it's oh, a different story. That's a really that, that now he's threatening our tournament life as well nearly our and, most of our life. And he's representing a much stronger yep. range. Yep. So yeah, I think this is just an auto call. I mean, could Negranu have like a worse queen here, actually, when we have King Queen? Maybe maybe he can raise queen ten because when it's we make so it one eighty, maybe he might say like, "Well, I blocked the straight." I I mean, it doesn't look like Nick has very many. Like, how does Nick have a better queen? Here? Yeah. Um, although then you might say, "Well, what's he calling with?" He has to have checked back a jack yeah. on the flop, which is possible, but like, eh, you know, he's gonna bet that sizing sometimes. Sizing makes things weird sometimes, so yep. it's possible that could happen. I wonder if there's some guy who's going to start to really play with the dials more with the sizing stuff because it feels to me nowadays like almost everyone does big polarizing sizing and small thinner value sizing type stuff mm-hmm. and um other than, i guess petrangelo here is betting trip queens with a good kicker small yeah so that's this is an example of it to some degree but it makes it and i watch the really good players respond to that respond to those sizes and mostly they're able to respond really well mm. because the sizing even against other good players is pretty much face up what part of the range they're up against. And I wonder if they need to mix more. Even if the solver doesn't, I wonder if against each other they do. I'm not sure. Maybe, or maybe they're not mixing enough in this, as the solver would want them to. But it feels like, as I watch all these guys play against each other, that when they choose the smaller sizing, they're almost never super strong. When they choose the big sizing, they're never, they're never anything but polarized. And I wonder if that's a mistake. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Nonetheless, this is an obvious call, right? We just have to call. I mean, it sucks. How long does he does he tank for? He tanks for long enough to let the whole world know that he doesn't like it, but mm. it's obvious that he's going to call the whole time. Right. Yeah. So that way, if he loses, it's like, I thought about it. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe he was really thinking. Maybe. <laughs> but that's, yeah, fair enough. But he calls and you know, yeah. loses, and Negrano goes on to win the event. He does. Petrangelo finishes second, but this, is, this pot clearly helps Negrano yeah. along the way here. Oh, and that's Negrano ends up being Negrano's biggest win of his career. Wow, really? 3.3 million, yeah. Jeez. This also took him from uh, having his first losing year in a while, I think, to solidly profitable for 2022, just this one tournament. So, I mean, it's a big tournament. Go for him. Go for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for him. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life. And I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the crown. And gonna be traveling the globe. We still have time to make it home.